Hey guys, before we get started, I spend just a short amount of time at the beginning of this episode talking about um, Dateline and everything that goes with that. So uh, if listening to even a brief mention of child sexual assault or um, murder or sexual assault or any of that shit would make you uh, not have a great day, Check the show notes, skip to that, uh, skip to that time in the podcast to not hear that shit. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hey guys, Princess here. Welcome to another episode of Black Monkey. Um, I don't know if you can hear this, but I barely have a voice right now. Uh, it's Saturday night. I like to record on Friday so I can, like, get this shit out of the way for the weekend. And, like, I just I just didn't have a voice on Friday. And so I, like, really delayed it and babied my voice. Didn't yell too much at the children. Uh, <laughs> it was difficult, but I, I survived it. And, like, barely spoke at all today so I could do this fucking podcast. But I gotta tell you, this is as... Is as, is as loud as I can be. It actually hurts for me to be louder. I don't like. I have a compromised immune system, guys. I'm not. My immune system is not suppressed. It is compromised. Uh, my lymph system does not work the way everyone else's does, and uh, I just like have a hard times with infections and getting better and stuff. And the way that like, like one small cough can like derail me sucks, right? I basically have the immune system of a test tube baby. I don't even know if it's okay to say that. People used to say the nineties a lot. Just let's just forget. I even fucking said that shit. I have a bad immune system. And so like, and then like my voice isn't strong, I guess. I mean, I'm loud, but I'm not strong. And so like all it takes is like a half of a fucking cough and I don't have a voice anymore. And I'm so used to like not taking care of myself. Like that's a real fucking thing that I don't take care of myself that like I could be coughing for like five days and not notice and just like soldier on, which is fine. Like that's great. That's, that's a great trick to have that you just keep soldiering on, except for if you want to live. You know what I mean? Like you have to like stop and listen to your fucking body and say to yourself, why are you hacking up a lung, bitch? You want to take some medicine? You want to sit down somewhere? Or are you just going to leave pieces of your lung as a trail behind you like fucking Hansel and Gretel? Like sit down somewhere. Shit. Or in a nicer way. You could say it in a nicer way too. Um, in a loving, Ayala, you know, beloved let's take care of you, boo, kind of way. You could do either one is fine, as long as you sit the fuck down. Why am I talking about that? I don't know. I'm saying that this is the voice. This is what you're going to get today. Um, and if that's going to be a problem, you got to skip this episode because I have saved up what little voice I have for you to do this. And if this is like grating on your ears, you have to go somewhere else. I'm sure it's not as bad as I think it sounds. Or it's either worse than I think it sounds. It's only one of those two things. It's either, I either think it sounds, I either am like, oh, it doesn't sound that bad. And it sounds like I'm dying. Or you guys don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. You're like, what's wrong with your voice? It sounds exactly the same. Either it's, It can only be one of those two extremes. Also, 
I'm not in my office because my husband is in there yelling probably at a child over Xbox. You know, I've been listening to the Dateline, the Dateline podcast. Guys, I've been listening to it almost nonstop. I'm still in 2019. I think I looked, I was like, oh wait, I thought this came out weekly. I think the bitch comes out three times a week. Why? How? I don't know. Um, and a couple things I don't realized. One, we need to talk about what's going on in Lawrenceville, Georgia, right? There's a lot of these fucking episodes that are set in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Somebody need to get down there and get eyes on Lawrenceville, Georgia. Why y'all getting murdered all the time? Why? The other thing we need to talk about is who is writing these uh, Dateline episodes. Dateline was a go-to-sleep show for me. And I mean, like, Dateline was a go-to-sleep show before streaming, right? Because it would be playing nonstop on one of those, like, crime channels, right? Discovery ID or something like that. But once you have like streaming available and and like you have other shows you can watch. So I don't think that I've ever sat down and watched an episode of Dateline. So, and I certainly didn't listen to one. Who is writing these episodes? They are very smug. <laughs> they apparently have no respect for the rules of justice that people are innocent until they've proven guilty. And they really, really care about little blonde white girls that live, that uh, light up the world. Um, <laughs> but I was listening to one where uh, they had to explain what Xbox Live was to their, to their, uh, uh, their audience. Because you know, who's the audience for fucking Dateline? They're not on Xbox Live playing fucking Call of Duty. But these people actually, they met on Xbox Live and, and playing a murder together. So it was important. And I was like, oh, okay, great, great, great. Let these old motherfuckers explain what Xbox Live. Go on, go on, explain it. They didn't do a very good job. I actually, I've been tweeting the ones that like are bangers in my, in, in my like estimation. Today I listened to one. It stressed me the fuck out. And none of the details that stressed me out were actually about the murder. They were all about the family. It was, it was, they reminded me of my in-laws. I, I, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So y'all not going to listen. So let me just tell you what happened is that there's this big family, they're a big Irish American family in Delaware, I think. And you know, they're just kind of rowdy and the mother like really preferred one of the sons to all the other kids. And she had given a ring to one of her daughters that her husband, her late husband had given to her. But then the other, the son she preferred wanted to get married to some Russian chick, Olga. That is the only person name I remember in this whole fucking story. And, um, so he needed that ring. So she went to her daughter, the one she'd given the ring to and was like, Hey, I'm going to Mexico with my new husband and I need to borrow that ring. And she says, okay, go ahead and borrow daddy's ring. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a, it's something her, her children's father, when he was alive, bought her and it's like supposed to stay in the family. Like, so give it to your daughter who takes it to, you know, you know, and, and then she's passed it down. Like it's going to stay in the family. It's a family thing. So she's like, yeah, sure. Wear it, whatever. It was originally your ring. So she takes the ring gives it to the son she prefers. He removes all the diamonds from the ring to make a ring for his 
his fiance. And then they're like, well, what the fuck? We can't just bring back this ring all, all uh, hollowed out. So then it had a lot of diamonds. Then, then uh, they put cubic zirconians in there and then brought the ring back and was like, here you go. Thanks for letting me borrow the ring. So the, the chick realizes this. I don't know how she'd realize this. I can't tell the fucking difference. But I guess if you have, the, so the ring is worth 20 grand, by the way. Okay. So isn't that some like, some little piddly ass fucking ring. This is, this ring is worth some fucking money. And so I guess if you own a $20,000 ring, you know what a $20,000 ring looks like, I guess. I don't know. But she realizes this and she's like confronts them and they're like, quit your bitching. We had to do what we had to do. And even like on the episode, the mother's like, I've never stolen before, but you know, I had, I'm not sorry. You know, I wish I hadn't given it to her and then I could have just given it to, I don't know. I think his name was Joey or something like that. This stressed me so, so it starts a family feud. This is before we even get to the fucking murder. There was another one that I listened to where the woman that was murdered was named Crystal after Crystal Meth because her parents were deep in the mess. All right, so let's start there. The worst day of your life is the first day of your life when they go, hey, we're going to name you after some drugs. So uh, <laughs> why did they think that was fun? Why did they think that was funny? Why didn't someone go, no, don't do that? You know, I actually dated a guy who had a kid when he was 15 and with another 15 year old, very, uh, little Wayne style, little Wayne and Toya style. I think they were 14 though. And his son's name was Carvacion after Carvacier. And I was like, Oh, he was like, yeah, we, you know, we came up with the name together. I was like, Oh, like there were no adults in the room to tell you not to name your son Carvacion. It's a very specific name. Now somebody named Cavassian is going to write in and be like, I know you dated my, my father. I did. I don't date him anymore. It was a long time ago. We're not doing it. So <laughs> there are just no, no adults in the room to tell you not to name your son Cavassian. Um, Same thing with like, I don't know. Where, where, oh, the, the no adults in the room to say, do not name this child after crystal meth. Don't do that. Um, but anyway, she's named it the crystal meth. When she was, her parents died from HIV mm, AIDS. So HIV uh, becomes AIDS. So they died from AIDS. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they died from AIDS when she was like five years old. So she bounced from house to house. Then when she was 11, she was kidnapped and held in a chicken fucking coop and assaulted for weeks at a time till she was found. Then she was bouncing around in some more houses. Then she grows up, gets a realtor license, try to live her fucking life and do her thing, you know, after being through all this shit, you know what I mean? Kid of drug addicts, named after drugs, held in a chicken coop, all this shit. She gets married, husband turns out to be a fucking loser, so she tries to divorce him and he kills her. And I'm like, damn, man. She's out here trying to live her best life. Shit. She didn't been through it all. God damn it. But the, but the episode I liked the most, and again, I've been tweeting these episodes. So like, I don't remember the name of these episodes. I've been like knocking down like seven episodes a day. Like I, I have no idea what the names of these episodes are. Um, so I, another episode I tweeted about was one where, so it's about this house, right? And this, uh, 
it's his family living in the house. They like they like the family everybody loves. You know, they all go the when the cousins want to come over and barbecue and you know what I'm saying Christmas is over there. It's like one of those families. You know, people that like people in their fucking house. So it's one of them people. They just bring joy to the neighborhood. They coach baseball and shit and invite people over and don't act weird when they come in their house. So the lady, so the husband dies, right? Of a heart attack in a locked bathroom, right? So a year later, his wife dies. Little like she been strangled, or maybe not strangled, but like, like she took a fall, whatever, from a fall, okay? And a year after that, their son dies in the house, strangled. And like, so Dateline's real roundabout, right? Dateline loves to be like, this is Bobby. He, he's a janitor down at the middle school. He's always wanted to fly uh, planes. His favorite color is green. And then you listen to Bobby talk about how his favorite color is fucking green and how he's been trying to fly a plane and bullshit all that, sh- all that fucking time. And then 20, 30 minutes into this fucking show, you find out that Bobby also kills babies and eats them all the time. And he's been doing it and ain't going to stop doing it. And actually, they're interviewing him in prison. From when he's <laughs> like you, I don't trust nobody on the Dateline episode until until we get to the end because it's just like an uh, episode of Snapped. You don't know if that chick is in prison or if she's a nurse because either way, she's in some scrub like looking clothes. And you're like, hmm, hmm, is that prison issued outfit or do you gotta go to work in ten minutes at the down at Children's Hospital? Which one? So it's just, Dateline is just like that. But I'll tell you the fucking truth. When I listened to that episode, I thought it was a ghost. I was blown. I was like, it's a fucking ghost. The house is cursed. Stop going in that fucking house. Everybody keeps dying in that house. I personally was ready to put the house on the market. That's what I was ready to do. I was like, why y'all keep living in that house? People keep dying above that fucking house. Turns out, y'all ain't gonna listen to this, so I'm just gonna tell you what happened. Turns out, what Dateline didn't tell me when they was telling me this ghost was killing everybody is that they was in a custody child custody battle for the whole time. Turns out the son, the one that died last, his ex-wife's boyfriend killed all three of them. Year apart each time. This all happened in Canada. That's the most surprising part. Guys, we need to stop talking about Canada the way we do. Canada has its own set of fucking problems. Canada is like a... a fully-fledged, sentient country, okay? It's full of all, all kinds of isms that are really fucking tough. People get murdered there. Not everybody's nice. Canada's a real fucking place, guys. <laughs> it is not... Like, we we have this whole bit that we do about fucking Canada that is not too accurate. I mean, sure, maybe people say, hey, or up there, but, I mean, the rest of that shit about, like, nothing bad ever happening there is not fucking true. So, but all this shit happened in Canada. So, with the end... When he confessed to killing two of them and not the first one, I was like, okay, so then it was a ghost. But then it turned out he was lying. He killed all three of them. And I was like, well, fuck, where is the ghost? (laughs) Anyway, I'm having a good time. I'm still in 2019. I don't know how. I'm listening to a lot. I listened to one where uh, the girl was flying. She was flying cross country. And she didn't make it, and they found out, and then, but then, so I was like, oh, the bitch is dead, okay? So the bitch is dead, 
her phone was pinging off the wrong tire. I was like, okay. So she didn't even get on the plane. Her boyfriend killed her on the way to the plane. No, 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 no. She just, she put an extra zero in her uh, coordinates and fucked up. She, she, she gets on after a while and tells the harrowing story. I was like, damn. She, she went into like a box canyon, tried to go down and go up in a horn, uh, a big, uh, what do they call it? A, it's not a league of elk, a horde of elk. I don't fucking know. Some elk, some elk saw her. They didn't do nothing to help her. <laughs> and, and, and she eventually, she was in high school when this happened. She eventually made it back home. All kinds of stuff by some hunters that found her. These hunters had went out to go hunt boar, hadn't found shit. Actually didn't say, didn't do anything, but saved three separate lost people that t- on that trip. Didn't get, didn't shoot a damn thing. I'm very shocked by all of this. Anyway, Dateline, NBC, listen, some, I don't know who tweeted me this. Someone said, where should I start? At the beginning, at the beginning, girl, you will have nothing. <laughs> I have never been so happy in my life. Now I need to examine why all this is soothing me. I'm just listening to murder after murder after murder after murder after murder. I'm always like, guys, we know who did it. Exactly the person you think who did it. That's murder. Murders aren't. The thing is about like in real life, not criminal minds. Okay. Not a criminal minds where some like serial killer who was abandoned in the woods as a baby and raised by bears and came back and like, not that time. Like regular ass murders are, are real fucking simple. Usually. Somebody they know, usually, very rarely is there a fucking rant. The reason that we hear about them all the time is because they're actually so very rare. People get murdered by the people that they fucking know. And it's almost always a romantic partner. Or that, that It's almost always, or an ex-romantic partner. It always has something to do with that. So there is a pattern that you get after it, but I don't know. I've been very soothed. I have something to listen to, and that's it. So why, why was I even talking about that? Oh, I'm in a weird place. No, I was talking about Xbox. My husband's playing Xbox. So when I'm not in the office, I gotta, I'm like, I'm in the living, I'm in like the dining room, okay? So, and I have like an open floor plan, so it might sound weird out here. Also, the dogs are out and about, as you can hear them jingling ass fucking tags. I apologize. You know, no one's actually complained about the fucking dogs, all right? But I feel like if I were listening to this, I'd be like, when's she gonna put them fucking dogs up? And the answer is never. I don't want to put them up. They want, they, they, they're, they're, they're minding their business. They're at home. Okay. They heard me say something about them. Now they're over here. Uh, but <laughs> so I don't want to put them up. So if this is like, if this is annoying, I understand. Don't listen to this. Okay. I will do better next week when I have more time, when I'm not like, fighting my voice leave and here's the thing my voice is gonna go and i'm sitting over here wasting it talking about what fucking happened on another podcast from dateline dateline's so fucking smart to put that shit on the podcast form because we don't be looking at it anyway we be going to sleep so fucking smart but here i am wasting my little voice on that shit i need to talk about what we need to talk about so where are we we're at the end of rock of love it is episode 11 season one it's called well I was about to say, somebody on Instagram is content. You know, anytime I talk to my mother, anytime her phone rings, she goes, who is this calling me? Like that. And I'm like, all you do is walk around with your phone and your headset going, who is calling me? And then answer the phone and talking for 30 minutes. Then you get off the phone 
Then somebody else called you and you talked for an hour and a half. It's so much. It's so much. Like, and then, but I'm the same way except for social media. First of all, nobody calls me. This phone, this thing in my hand that I'm using, that they call a phone, do not call me on it. Do not. Text me, email me. Um, but like anytime I get any kind of notification from anywhere, I'm like, who is texting me? Who is etting me? Who liked this tweet? Fuck. Stop liking my tweets. Like that's what I sound like all day. And so I just want to say it's the same song, you know, same story, different cast. Um, so it's called the rose and the thorn season one, episode 11. Okay. So we're down to two women. It's Heather and Jess. All right. Um, and they are going to Mexico with Brett. That's cause that's what you do in the finale. Um, of this season of these types of shows, each seems very confident in what's going to happen next. And to be honest, if I were Heather, I'd be very confident. Heather, all signs point to Heather, all signs point to Heather. And keep in mind that they edited this a certain way, right? So if you're there and you seeing all this stuff, all signs point to fucking Heather. Jess is very confident too, but I'm gonna tell you what I think it is. Jess is competitive. And I think Jess could have easily been sent home episode three, but we know she wasn't going to. She's told production that production, she has said that production told her that they wanted her to win. Other people have said so. She, but because she was very standoffish, she was outside smoking. She wasn't really trying to get the, like be all up on him. Like it's, it's Jess could have gone home episode three. And I don't think she would have like, Canada is like a terrible thing that happened to her. What I do think though, is the closer you get to the end, she's like, oh shit, Lacey's gone. It's just me and Heather. I could win this shit. I think that's what's happening here. Um, so they go on a private plane from LA ish, LA County. We'll say LA County to Cabo. Jess is doing a bad Mexican accent. That was okay. Excuse me. She's doing a bad Mexican accent uh, that we did not say anything about in 2007, but I guarantee you she would not be on this TV doing this in 2022. Um, as they get out of the car in Mexico, there are some dancers there that are like dancing for them. Like, I guess I've never been to a resort. Should I go to a resort guys? No, I shouldn't go anywhere, but, uh, we're in a panorama, but, um, Anytime on TV, I've seen someone go to a resort thing. There's been like people to greet them and do like a little dance and tell them welcome to our impoverished nation. (laughs) And, and like, I hope you have a good time dancing on the bones of our ancestors. (laughs) I, I'm sure it's not like that, but that's what it looks like. You know, um, when you go to a resort, there's like, they're whether you're like in Jamaica or or Hawaii or wherever and they greet you. And there's usually like some dancer of some sort, you know, they're in Mexico, uh, they're in Cabo, uh, San Lucas and, um, uh, so there are four women that are doing a dance and Heather's points at one and says she's really cute and that she'd fuck her. That's essentially what she says. And Brett tells us like, wow, Heather pushed me out of the way to get to this girl dancer over here. I'm like, that's not what happened. They're all dancing. You guys are dancing with them. 
And here's the thing. I would never occur to me to dance with them. I'd be like, I get out of the car and people will start to dance. And I'd be like, oh, is this, do y'all do that forever? Is this, do you, they make y'all do this? They make y'all do this to us? Okay. And I just sit there. And then when they're done, I clap because I'm a polite person and you just expended some energy for me. But it would never occur to me, like, just get in there and dance with them. Whatever. But they did. And so, like, why is this, like, why is Heather, like, some ravenous lesbian when all she did was dance with them? Not well either, but she just did it. I don't know. I feel like Heather's a it's 2007. And Heather's a certain type of chick, right? And in 2007, women off, it was celebrated for them to say that they would have sex with, with other women in service of a man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bisexual for your man was a thing, okay? I mean, it's still a thing to some people. There's still people out here eating pussy they don't want to eat because uh, they just want to, like, seem freaky to their... To, uh, it's sad. But that's what Heather's doing. I don't think Heather's like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get out of here. I'm gonna, you know what? When we go up to the room, don't look for me because I'm going to sneak back down here and get this and fuck this chick. I don't think that's what's happening. She's trying to be a cool girl. That's what she's trying to be. And I think Heather is the closest to a cool girl you get. You know, cool girls don't exist, right? You guys are a gun girl, right? Where they talk about the cool girl, about how it's this woman that looks that that's likes to drink beer and loves sports and looks good on a bar stool and isn't jealous and isn't clingy and uh wears the exact right amount of makeup that she doesn't like she's wearing makeup you know how much fucking makeup you have to wear to look like you don't have a fucking wearing makeup a lot uh says the right thing and is like one of the guys but also not one of the guys super sexy and loves to suck dick and take it in the ass too and like the cool girl is just like this person that's made up um in service of like what men think is is desirable and what it, and, and like a tomboy but also really fucking hot like like can fix your car and, and wants to sit there and like People don't say tomboy anymore, but you understand what I'm, you, this is the point I'm trying to make. And like wants to like burp with you and your friends, but also on a dime can turn around and be in like a really hot dress. And like, it just, they want someone who's really like, who has all the trappings of being like really beautiful, but doesn't look like they're trying, which like to be beautiful is really, you have to try. You really do have to fucking try. You're that famous joke. Is it famous? I don't know. With Golden Girls fans it is. Where um, Sophia talks about how when in in the village that, that uh, she was born in, that she's from, that if you're born beautiful, the whole village makes sure you stay beautiful. They're over there like, you know, making sure that you have everything you need to like keep being beautiful. And like Dorothy puts her hand on there on her and she's like, thank God when Dorothy was born. Cause I, who wanted all those fucking people in your business? And it's funny <laughs> because Dor- Dorothy, you always, you always fucking fall for it. But also like to be beautiful is work. Like it is a skill to be a beautiful person. And, but 
The cool girl is beautiful and sexy in an effortless way. Don't ever be seem like you're trying. And always making men feel as if they are, they don't have to work as hard to, they, you basically let men off the hook for everything. And they're, and they're, you're just so easy. And you just never complain about things. That's, Heather is, Heather's very close to a cool girl. Everything's chill with her. But the thing is, cool girls don't exist. We're all people. And this, this hot robot girlfriend, like, that you created for the purposes of being your, your uncomplicated uh, companion is like a real fucking person. And if you wanted this, and if you wanted a, a fucking, fucking sex doll, then go get one because everybody else is human. <laughs> like they have all kinds of shit going on with them, but Heather's pretty fucking close. And so when Heather says things like, oh yeah, I fuck her. It's, it's about like it, that would make you happy. The, the rest of the sentence is if you'd like that, you know, but here's the thing, Heather's not going to win. Right. And this episode is all about showing us why Heather is not going to win. Um, so anyway, they get to the room and they need to get ready to go to dinner. Jess says that striking up a confrontation is sort of against her morals, but she's ready to fight for him. And Heather's like, she's, she's going to take down whomever she got to fucking take down to get her man. So they go down to dinner Brett is feeling really confident in his wig because he's not wearing a hat. He's only wearing the wig and the bandana. So he must think his wig looks good today. By the way, my mom just went to buy a new wig. We're talking. I'm like, where the fuck are you? There's like a dog barking. I hear some kids crying and shit. There's people arguing. She's like, oh, I'm at the hair store. Get a new wig. I was like, leave that hair store. It sounds terrible. But her wig actually looks really good. She sent me pictures. She looks great. Um, <laughs> but, and, like, my mom feels as confident in her good wig as, um, is her, in her new good wig as Brett does. Because Brett is just, like, letting us see more of the wig and everything. It does look good. Um, so, he's got a white button-down shirt, halfway buttoned up, and a pair of bedazzled jeans on. He looks like the cover of a very bad romance novel. And you guys know I have a real appreciate for ro romance novels. I love a ro I, I love a book that's just like, listen, here are the tropes. Let's get to it. You know how this is going to end three quarters through the way. They're going to break up. Then they're going to get back together. <laughs> like I, I, I have a real affection for uh, romance novels. And I've seen a lot of covers. And Brett looks like the cover of one I would have put back. That's what he looks like. So... No one's really take, talking at dinner, and Brett says he can feel the tension. I'm like, yeah, man, like, you have these two women here, and you need to decide between the two of them, and this doesn't happen in real life. Uh, we all have our rotations. You guys remember when Issa had her rotation on Insecure? Such a good season. She was bad at it, though. Uh, but you do not ask everyone in your rotation to show up to, like, audition for their parts this is ridiculous and it's disrespectful and it's gonna call the reason you don't is because people are sitting here not fucking eating it's tension what the fuck are we supposed to do here um so brett gets to talking and he asks heather about her ravenous ravenous need to fuck other women 
which has never been brought up before. So I guess I'm supposed to believe that this all because of the dancer. Even Jess in the confessional is like, yeah, she's a secret lesbian hoe. Like, damn. Heather says that she's just not a hater. She's a congratulator. That she compliments nice looking women. She's not trying to fuck them. And that's when Heather chucks the hot seat over to Jess and says that Jess is 23 years old. Is she ready to be a mom to Brett's kids? And the answer to that should be no, because Brett's kids got a mom. They already have a mom. So the question should be, are you ready to be around children? Because Brett has kids that he is active in their lives. And I don't even know how active, like if Brett is really on the road as much as he says he is, the kids aren't there. So I guess the real question is, are you, are you ready to be around in the lives of children sometimes which is i think that once we get down to the real question it's a very easy answer she's just asking are you willing to be around kids like eight or nine weekends a year and a week in the summer and at christmas sure (laughs) whatever um jess answers with the with the not everybody's 23 is different. It's people more mature at 23 than whatever. The fact that she is 23 years old. Brett. Hold on. Let me. I know I've checked this before, but I have forgotten what the answer is. How old is fucking Brett Michaels? Dude, he was born in 63. He's three years younger than my mother. He, at the, at the time this was airing, so I don't know when it was filmed. time this is airing, he's 44 years old. He's twice Jess's age. So, come on. <laughs> this is very Bill and Marjean of them. Anyway, um, so Jess has some, Jess is like, you know, what about stripping? Are you going to quit? Like, 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 you know, I don't think you'll ever quit. Heather's like, I'm never going back there. And I'm like, ever. I'm like, I don't know, Heather, don't say that. Um, Brett tries to get everyone to eat, but how are they supposed to eat? They're at their playoffs. This may be a casual dinner to you, Brett, but they're at their playoffs. Yeah. Staring across at the person that's either gonna, that, that's gonna take their spot. Shit. So, he, he basically, uh, excuses himself, but before he does, he lets them know they're gonna have two dates. That each one of them is gonna get a day, and they're gonna have several dates during the day, and Heather's gonna go first. Um, Jess is pissed because she doesn't want Heather to think she's going to get an advantage on her. So Heather and Brett go to ride dune buggies. They're in the desert, so they have bandanas over their faces. They look like banditos. Um, during the ride, Brett tells us that he starts to feel, he tells us he starts to feel sick from the diabetes. Okay. He says that all of the partying and whatnot, he just needs to eat and rest. He says nothing to Heather. Well, excuse me. He doesn't say it to Heather. He says, mm, oof, maybe we should go eat. And she goes, oh, I want to drive it now. And he goes, all right, baby. And so then she drives it. She drives it all wild. According to Heather, they, she was told to like get, you know, just, you know, do, do your, do your worst with the dune buggy. And, and, and Brett's just kind of like being jostled around and shit. And during the driving, he says, gotta eat something. And I'm not sure that wasn't ADR. I'm really not sure that wasn't. But okay, let's say that he did say during the driving, I gotta eat something. 
he never mentions that he's not feeling well from diabetes. He or not feeling well. He just keeps saying maybe we should go eat. And the thing about it is, if he had said, I don't feel well, you know, I have diabetes and everything. I think I have a little blood sugar. Heather would have slit her own fucking wrist, strained the insulin out of her blood, and then somehow got it into uh, Brett's veins, injected it into Brett's veins, if she thought he needed to. You, you fucking kidding me? You want me to believe that this chick that's been a pick me for 10 fucking episodes doesn't give a fuck that he's dying? He's not dying. He's, he needs to eat something. But still, I saw a tweet the other day that said that, uh, when Nick Jonas announced that, uh, he, he had diabetes, everyone acted like he, like, like he was dying that day. And I only know that I only know what the reference is because I watched that Jonas, uh, documentary because Jonas Brothers are obviously an incredible blind spot for me. I'm too old for that shit. And like my early twenties were absolutely, I don't know. They were a fucking wild ride. There's, I I don't know about shit that happened in my early twenties. And so, but I watched that documentary and that's when I found out there were three Jonas Brothers. Remember? Remember? Cause I thought it was two of them. And I was like, oh shit. And so like, I found all about all the gener- the genesis of it and how it was supposed to be Nick's band and, and, and Kevin could play music, but he's not cute. So like they got Joe up there. Like, I don't know. I, I, I found out all that shit. This is shit. I had no idea. Like, I really have no, no idea about the Jonas brothers. And so, but they did talk about Nick's diabetes and how like, the fans would just be like, oh my God, Nick's going to die tomorrow. And I'm not saying diabetes is dangerous. It is, but many, many people have diabetes. And, you know, for Nick to have type, I think he has type one diabetes, which to a lot of people is the good diabetes. You know, people have this impression that there are two types of diabetes and one is the one that is not your fault. You just don't make a lot of insulin. And the other one is because you're a fat fuck. And the truth is, like, diabetes is far more complicated than that. And, but it doesn't matter. Because when people talk about Nick Jonas having diabetes, they were like, you know, diabetes is, like, ravaging his body. It's not his fault. You can see clearly he's not fat. Like, (laughs) they really did go. Like, when I was watching the footage and shit, I was like, damn. Who knew all that shit was going on while I wasn't looking? Okay. Anyway. I just, like, I think it's so weird that they're going to act like Heather doesn't care if, if, uh, Brett lives or dies. When we know that's the opposite of the case. So, after they eat, Brett tells us he doesn't think he's going to go into insulin shock anymore, so he's going to have some fun and he make out in the water. If Brett, I've actually been around someone who went into insulin shock. I was, I was working someplace and the project supervisor was annoying. And sometimes he would show up in my area, even though I, he would show up in my area and just like kind of stare and like, he was just a weird guy. And he was being extra weird that day. He was going from, from like area to area, just like staring at us. And he kept saying, 
there's nothing more to say. He kept saying that. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And so, like, eventually one of the people I was there with asked him what day it was, and he couldn't tell us. So we went and got somebody, and the ambulance came and shit. And the truth is, he could not afford his medication, his insulin. He couldn't afford. He had to only eat a certain amount of times a day because he could only afford. His insurance only paid for so much insulin, and he couldn't afford any more than that. So, and it is kind of scary and everything. But the thing is, if Brett was going into insulin shock and did not even open his mouth to say, hey, Heather, you know, I, my body's not feeling great. And, um, you know, I have diabetes. I think, I think we need to stop doing this. I, need, I probably need to eat something and get, get some water in me and, like, kind of level out before we do anything else. I'm sure Heather would have said, oh, my God, let's do that. So it's, I don't know, it's such, such stupid games. Um, when they get back, Heather goes up to the room to get ready for that night. She came in bragging, and that annoyed Jess. Um, so Jess says that he only thinks of her as a fuck buddy. She also tells Heather that he needs she needs to retire that dress because it screams stripper. All right, she's not wrong. But the thing is, Jess is getting competitive right now. She's very competitive. Um, Jess, episode three, wouldn't would have just been like, whatever. Heather slams, Jess slams the door in Heather's face as she's leaving. And so Je, uh, Heather either kicks or hits the door back open and says that Jess, Jess was dressed like a skank or something the night before. And they argue as Heather, as Heather goes down to meet with Brett. Now, down there, Heather asks Brett the big question, who's winning so far? And Brett tells her that no one has bonded as quickly or as much as Heather has in that house. And he says that they have bonded as the, on a party level and he has had his heart broken by a stripper before. The way Brett talks about it is if all strippers go to a meeting once a week to be like, listen, make sure you're cheating on Brett Michaels. When you, if you, and then also, if you're so scared, you know, it's not unusual for someone to be like, oh, I dated a cop one time. I'm never going to do that shit again. Okay, fine. Then why did, why did, why don't you have a no stripper rule? For this, why? If everybody knows you don't date strippers, we didn't see any fat chicks in there, so we know we don't. We we know you don't date fat chicks. That's why I didn't have one in there, right? Right. We didn't see any any women over a certain age, or if we did, their asses was out in that driveway and had to go home the first day. So if you don't date strippers, what are strippers doing there? I'm just wondering, just asking questions. Um. He says that he does a show four or five days a week. I was like, should I rewind this to check that out? I don't have time to rewind it. But you do a show four or five days a week? Okay. And he says he gets his yaya's out during that time. He does all that stuff. But the rest of his time is like chilling, like being a dad, hanging out, watching football and hockey and racing doom buggies or whatever. And he doesn't know that Heather... This is what he says to us. He doesn't say this to Heather. I mean, he does mention this to Heather, but what he specifically says to us is that dancing for all those years, for all those men, she's going to be bored with me. He thinks of Heather as ruined goods. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Look at Heather. All Heather wants to do is drink a beer and watch a Steelers game with you. Get the fuck out of here. <sighs> Heather decides it's time to go all out. And she just says that she's in love with him and that she wants to spend her life with him. 
And she does hope, she tells us she hoped he would say it back, but you never know when you drop those three little words. And then they make out some, and then Brett says they need to go to the room immediately. When they get into the room, there someone has littered it with rose petals and put a bunch of fire hazard candles all over the place. And, you know, they spend the night. I'm guessing they fucked, but maybe not. It kind of doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? Like, like, sure, it's nice to know when, um, it's nice to know, like, who, like, for the record, who fucked who. But, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think it matters if they had sex that night. In the morning, Jess is eating breakfast and Heather shows up at their night with Brett. She's still in that dress from the night before. That does look like, it does like a stripper dress. I'm sorry. It's like a dress you put on before you take it off. And her makeup is smeared. Her hair is wild. Jess says she always looks like that, but she stinks and needs a shower. It's very funny. Um, so it's Jess's turn and she leaves. Heather says that she needs to remember that when she kisses Brett, she's licking Heather because his mouth has been all over Heather last time this morning. Jess says that she's going to put that out of her mind. And so she runs over to, to Brett when she sees him and starts like really all up in his mouth. Um, like I said, Jess is getting competitive. I don't know that Jess would have done that in the beginning. I just don't. Um, Brett is psyched that Jess is kissing him all hard and they're wearing matching bandanas. So he's psyched. Um, so they go on a yacht and they look at seals in the water and they make out, but they also eat and talk. And Jess says that she knew it was going to be fun. It's always fun when Brett is there. Brett always makes things fun. Yeah, Jess, it's fun because other than that, you're stuck in like a house with all these other women doing nothing that, yeah, it is fun when Brett shows up. That's part of the reason that you're being like that, that. People start being like, I think I'm in love. I just want to see Brett. Yeah, you do want to see. You want to see anybody. Yeah. Um. She. She tells him that her biggest hurdle to all of this is her fear of rejection. And Brett tells us that Heather's been very open when she's and honest when she comes to the table and Jess is hiding something. So Brett and Jess go to dinner. Brett is dressed like Axl Rose in a November Rain video. That's the reference. Go look it up. As she's, as he's waiting for Jess to get there, he says that something with his diabetes was acting up. He's not feeling well. So when they sit down, Brett tells her that he's not feeling super great and that if, it's because of his diabetes and that if something were to go wrong, he pulls out this, it's not an EpiPen. An EpiPen is for an allergic reaction. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, is it insulin? Is it emergency insulin? Is that what it is? But she said, he says that if he were to go into diabetic shock, um, that she would take that, that needle from the little red first aid box and jab it in his butt. Um, Jess says she's feeling overwhelmed, but if he's not feeling well, Brett needs to make sure to tell her. And you know, she says she's worried and she starts to cry and then they make out and Brett says that this is it. Jess really feels emotions for him and they go back to the room. Like you just told her you're about to die. Now I'm watching the cuts. Like they do actually eat dinner, but this happens before dinner is served. By the time they leave, there's 
food there. So like they they brought them food. They they did go they did eat, so it's been a while. But I don't know. Um they go back to the room, he says to physically and emotionally bond. They get in the jacuzzi naked. Jess Jess takes off her skirt and I'm assuming she has on a thong. But the way they blur her butt makes it seem like like she just took off her skirt and like had nothing on underneath it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she's free balling, but I know a lot of you guys watch this on something else that doesn't blur things out. Something besides Hulu. So let me know. I really think that she had a thong on, uh, but whatever. In the morning, uh, Jess and Brett make out and she goes back to her room. And that's when Brett tells us that he just needs a couple of days alone in Cabo to really figure this out. And he sent the ladies to another hotel room, which means they flew commercial back to LA ish, LA County. And so, and, um, yeah, they're, they're, that's, that's all that means. So next time we see Heather, she's pre-gaming it with a huge eighties hair. And she tells she has fuck me hair and a pastel dress to go to her Cabo tan. And she takes a shot and tells us how he, how could he not choose her? But if he doesn't choose her, they're not going to be friends. Remember that Heather, remember that when season two comes around. Jess is in her segment riding through a limo, riding a limo, like looking out the window crying. I was like, what? Did y'all not mean to get this footage? Because the footage would be of Jess getting ready in her room. Like Heather's getting ready in her room. I don't know. It just seems like an afterthought. Um, so they go back to the set, AKA the house. And then Brett shows up and he says that we don't have Big John today. And that reminds us that we haven't seen Big John since Vegas. And that was a couple episodes ago. Where is Big John? Did Big, is Big John storming the Capitol? Where's Big John? Hmm. Anyway, Brett does a dumb speech and then tells us that he has one more test for the girls. He asks them if there's any way that both of them will be his girlfriend. He said, Heather says, yes, yeah, she would share him with Jess. She would love to. She tells us that's because she's so determined to be with him. And Jess says no, because she can't share. And... This was like a real fucked up King Solomon type thing where it's like the ob- like the obvious answer is you want to be with somebody who wants to be with you, who is willing to do whatever you want to do, right? So you want to have two girlfriends. You want to have, you, you want to date and you want to be with someone who's down with you. Like if you want to be in a two girlfriend relationship and so you, that means you only want to be with people who want to be in a two girlfriend relationship. You don't want to be with someone who doesn't. So Heather says yes, but it's a trap. And the right answer is no. Two women fighting over a fucking baby. And the king decides, says that you, okay, you both say it's your baby, cut the baby in half and I'll give you each piece of the baby. And the woman that says, no, let her have the baby must be the baby's real mother because it's the one that loves her, loves the baby so much. That's that's what just happened here. And it's such a fucking mind game to play. It's bullshit. Anyway, I'm like, I'm so mad about this. That one, that we start off this episode with, Heather's a fucking lesbian, guys. I know that she's been here for, for a few weeks, 
trying to win the love of a man. But that's just a setup. She's a fucking lesbian. She's hiding. She's sneaky. She's in here. Then two, Heather doesn't care if I live or die. Three, Heather just wants an extra girlfriend because she wants to fuck her because she's a lesbian. And also, if I die, she can blame the death on the other girlfriend. I It's too much. It's too much. Um... So after he does his fake King Solomon act, he tells him that he's looking for that girl who just fits and who just works. And then he brings Heather down and they both look bad. They don't, they both don't look happy, but keep in mind that if Heather won, he couldn't bring Heather down, tell her she won and then say goodbye to Jess. So anybody who's got an understanding of how these things have to get blocked knows that Heather just lost. And he breaks her heart. And as soon as he tells her, she walks away and walks out of the house. And Brett says, Heather, don't leave the house this way. I'm pretty sure that was ADR. Because I I don't think he understood. Like, I don't think I would have the wherewithal to, like, say that. Because I just really hurt this person's feelings. Like, she got her fucking name. She got my name tattooed on her. And in the end, I chose someone else. It was so irresponsible for them to let to let her get his name tattooed on her. So irresponsible. So in the limo, driving away, Heather's pissed. She says that she opened up her heart and Brett broke it and that he's America's assholes for doing this to her. And now she has a name, a tattoo of this loser's name on the back of her neck. <laughs> Told you to wait for it. Remember when you are like, I don't regret it? I was like, wait for it. <laughs> so the winner's Jess. Obviously, she's the only one left. And, you know... Brett says she finally let her guard down and Jet is is his rock of love. She's cool, smart, and funny, and she's his rock of love. And that is it. That's it. That's the that's that's the end of the show. Not the end of this show, this season of Bipumpkin, because we still have the reunion coming. And this is one of the few shows that I have fun at the reunion. So next week we'll have the reunion and then we'll be doing something different. So until then, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tolerating this gravelly ass fucking voice and thank you to the girls for laying the fuck down and stop jiggling them fucking tags everywhere and thank you to xbox live for kicking me out of my office and thank you to hostess for making these fucking twinkies i'm about to eat all right guys later Peace.